This is James Coover with K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat in Southwind District with your Extension Crop Report. And today's report is going to be devoted to entirely controlling just one very problematic weed in wheat fields in southeast Kansas, Italian ryegrass. Italian ryegrass is a winter annual grass commonly found in wheat fields and especially in southeast Kansas. It is a prolific seed producer at thousands of seed per plant and can take over parts of the wheat field. Besides the reduction in yield, it can also cause a dockage at the elevator. Italian ryegrass didn't used to be as much of an issue, but has developed resistances to our common wheat herbicides, which is why we need to use newer technologies to control it. Like any weed, insect, or fungus, the primary control is cultural, with crop rotation and planting into clean fields. Ryegrass does a little better with acidic soils, below a pH of 6.0, and also handles wetter soil better than our wheat and often outcompetes it in wetter parts of the field. It really is no wonder that we have worse ryegrass problems in this part of the state, with our acidic soils and wet winters. Ryegrass can germinate after wheat is planted and makes a viable seed before the wheat is harvested, so the combine ends up spreading it farther. For the most part though, control is going to have some sort of chemical component to it. Much of the Italian ryegrass in this area is developing resistances to group two herbicides, which are ALS inhibitors such as Finesse, Olympus, Osprey, and beyond. Group 2 ALS inhibitor herbicides are a big class though, so some in that family might work better than others on resistant ryegrass populations. New herbicide modes of actions, such as those in group 14 and 15, are needed, and this includes herbicides of Zidua, Anthemflex, and others. However, these have to be applied at the right time, shortly after wheat emergence in what is called delayed emergent herbicides. Also, these herbicides are somewhat dependent upon weather for activation as well. True post-emergent control of Italian ryegrass is a little harder because we used to rely so heavily on ALS inhibitors that are no longer as effective. But still, there are some options, or at least some different ALS inhibitor herbicides. For certain though, attempting to control ryegrass in the spring shortly before wheat jointing with the same ALS inhibitor herbicide that didn't work last time, it won't work again. It is important to get control as early as possible. Something worth looking into is a new wheat system called coaxium. Coaxium systems use a non-GMO wheat that is resistant to herbicide Quisoflop, which is a group 1 herbicide that goes by the trade name Aggressor. A study done at the Great Bend K-State Research and Extension Station shows feral rye control at the levels of 80 to 98% using the coaxium system. It is still fairly new, so there are some questions that haven't been researched yet, but so far the field and greenhouse studies look promising. This coaxium wheat system doesn't control broadleaves, however, but there are a number of broadleaf herbicides that can be used in conjunction. This is similar to the clearfield varieties that have been in the market for a little bit longer. No matter what is used though, be sure to read the label and know the planting restrictions before the devil crop soybeans. There has been a good amount of research in Kansas and Oklahoma in controlling ryegrass and cheat in wheat fields, but new herbicide resistances are showing up all the time. If you have any questions about controlling Italian ryegrass and your wheat, please give me a call at 620-724-8233. This has been James Cooper with your Extension Crop Report. Next up, we'll have Wendy Powell, Livestock Production Agent for the Wildcat District. your livestock production agent from the Wildcat Extension District. Let's discuss establishing a horse pasture today, something that takes time, patience, and resources. 
With an eye toward future productivity, look for a relatively flat, fertile area to establish your pasture. Trees are great for shade, but look for any dangerous trees. Choke cherry, box elder, and red maple are a few of the common trees that have plant parts that are poisonous to horses. Pastures that hold lots of water should be avoided, as wet areas are usually home to biting flies, mosquitoes, and poisonous plants. Make sure you plan a pasture that's large enough to handle the grazing system and number of horses you plan to care for. In some parts of the U.S., and depending on the forage type, some pastures can provide enough forage for one horse on just two acres during the growing season. Soil type, grazing practices, weather, and many other factors can all affect how many horses a pasture can support. Large pastures can be divided into smaller areas to maximize grazing through rotation. Sacrifice paddocks provide an area to move horses off of the pasture when the forage needs rest. This practice preserves grazing pastures. Sacrifice paddocks should be at least 400 square feet per horse and usually include shelter, water, and space to feed hay. Gates should be placed in the corners that are the closest to the direction that you and your horse will be traveling. Avoid placing them in low areas where water may stand and create mud. Pasture gates should be large enough for equipment and you should select gates that you can easily open with a single hand so you can securely hold your horse with the other. Aside from consulting your budget when choosing fencing material, you should study appearance, safety, the installation process, and containment of the fence. The true test of a fence's worth is not when horses are peacefully grazing, but when an excited horse contacts the fence in an attempt to escape or because he never saw it during a playful romp. Horses tend to be large and fast, so they hit the fence harder than most livestock and horses fight harder than other livestock to free themselves when trapped in a fence. These fences should be highly visible to horses as they are far-sighted and look to the horizon as they scan their environment for danger. Horses need free access to clean and fresh water. Place waterers in areas where filling and cleaning will be easy, and you can get extra bonus points if the waterer can service multiple pastures. Using laneways and gates to provide access to dry lot waterers from the pastures can be an effective approach. Avoid placing waterers under trees where leaves and seeds may become a problem. For more information on selecting pasture sites for horses or other livestock, give me a call at the Wildcat Extension District, 620-784-5337. Thanks, Wendy. And now, here's David Scrantz natural resource and diversified ag agent with her report. This is Adavin Strantz, one of the agriculture and natural resource agents from the K-State Research and Extension Wildcat District of Crawford, Labette, Montgomery, and Wilson Counties with your K-State Research and Extension report. When preparing to go dove hunting, it is also important to be prepared to clean the birds and to remember food safety practices when transporting the birds home. Wild game birds, if handled improperly, may become contaminated with bacteria or gastric juices. Remember the following tips during hunting, storage, and food preparation to reduce your risk of foodborne illness. Be prepared for the hunt. Bring a sharp hunting knife, a whetstone or steel, light rope or nylon cord, plastic bags, clean cloths, or paper towels, and a cooler filled with ice. 
abide by all game regulations for hunting, transporting, and storage of wild game. Field care and transport. Wear latex gloves while cleaning wild game. Do not harvest and eat sick or abnormal birds. Wipe out the cavity with a clean cloth or paper towel. Do not use grass or snow as this may contaminate the bird. Do not cross-contaminate. Wash hands, knife, and cutting board with hot soapy water and make sure to wash them thoroughly. Store birds in a plastic bag on ice to keep them clean and cold. Make sure to keep birds under 40 degrees Fahrenheit. If a cooler is not available, you can put the birds in the back seat of your vehicle, making sure they are in the shade. Do not transport birds in the trunk of the vehicle as this does not allow heat to escape from the birds. Safe processing. For immediate use, birds should be stored in the refrigerator at 40 degrees or below and used within three days. For long-term storage, the whole cleaned carcass may be frozen. Freezing the meat while it is fresh and in top condition will enhance the quality of the meat. Freeze game meat using moisture vapor-proof wrap, such as heavily waxed freezer wrap, laminated freezer wrap, or freezer weight polyethylene bags. Wrap tightly, pressing out as much air as possible. Label the packages with the date and content and be sure to use the packages within a year. Safe preparation. After freezing, thaw the birds in the refrigerator or microwave. If microwaving, be sure to cook immediately after thawing. Fully cook game birds to an internal temperature of at least 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Game birds may be prepared like chicken. Remember to have fun and stay safe this hunting season. From the K-State Research and Extension Wildcat District, this has been a Dave and with your K-State Research and Extension report. Thank you, Adavin. And now, here is Jesse Gilmore with his report. With K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat District, this is Jesse Gilmore bringing you this week's Hort Report. The final of a three-week series on lawn quality, this week's Hort Report will be on seed quality. Seed quality is heavily dependent on what you desire the quality of your yard to be. Often, you will need to weigh consistency versus survivability. If you want a consistent lawn, you will need to double-check any seed before purchase for two things. The first is the species of grass present. Many times, bags of seed labeled as fescue will actually contain tall fescue and fine fescue, which look different once the plants have fully grown, and have slightly different management needs. The other thing to check the bag for is the percentage of other crop seeds and weed seeds. If less than 5% of the total weight, producers are not required to list out species of seed present. Two plants listed as other crops on grass seed labels are orchard grass and rough stem bluegrass. These are weeds that fall under other crops because they are also grasses. Once established, there is no way to get rid of them selectively without pulling, so exclusion is the best way to maintain a weed-free lawn. Weed seeds are specifically labeled as broadleaf weeds and include species such as dandelion and plantain. High-quality grass seed will have 0.1% or less of both other crop seed and weed seed. 
It is important to fertilize grasses immediately before or during their period of active growth, which depends on the species of grass present. Warm season grasses should be fertilized in May, while cool season grasses should be fertilized in September and November. If only applying one round of nitrogen, this should be applied in September. Overfertilization or misapplication of fertilizer can cause problems for your yard and surrounding groundwater. Applying fertilizer right before periods of heavy rain increases the likelihood of runoff into stormwater, which causes water quality issues for streams and ponds and wastes money. If you mistime a fertilizer application during the grass's dormant period, you increase the pressure from weeds by giving them the nutrients needed to outgrow your turf. Lastly, adding too many nutrients to the soil will overstimulate thatch growth, which can lead to rot, water, disease, and insect issues. It is always important to know what you have before going to add any more nutrients to the soil. Soil samples can be delivered to any local extension office, where they are then delivered to the university's soil testing lab. The lab will run tests on the desired nutrient levels and send the results to the extension agent, who will then make fertilizer recommendations based upon the results. Recommendations will change based on what you are trying to grow. For example, turf grass will have lower nutrient needs than a vegetable garden will. Schedule a visit with your local extension office to get your soil tested and fertilizer recommendations for the coming fall. For more information on today's topic, contact your local extension office. I can be reached at 620-724-8233 or at jr637 at ksu.edu. Once again, this has been Jesse Gilmore bringing you this week's Court Report. Thank you, Jesse, and thank you for listening to K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat District Ag Team on KGGF 690 Radio.